This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. We're back, and I am still Glenda Geek, and I am still in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 2nd, 2020. Can you believe it? This is episode 2340, brought to you by the American Driving Society. Happy New Year, everyone! Well, that's right. It is the first Thursday of the month, which means Dr. Wendy is here also for our first episode of 2020. Hi, Glenn and everybody. I can't believe it's 2020. I can't either. I remember Y2K and the world was going to end. We were all going to die. (laughs) Remember that? 20 years ago. Because the, the computer people forgot to put in the extra digit for the decade. That's right. (laughs) And we didn't die and we're still here 20 years later. So happy new year to everybody. We hope you had a terrific holiday. I know we did. And uh, Jamie will be back here tomorrow. We'll get some really bad ads rolling again. We're also planning some new things for this year, some new segments here on Horses in the Morning. And of course, on the Horse Radio Network, there's always new shows coming and some old shows going and there'll be some changes in, in 2020 as well, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But, uh, all exciting things. And, and you know, at the beginning of the week, Wendy, I was not ready to come back to work. I was enjoying vacation. Me and now this morning I woke up and went, okay, I'm ready to get back on the air. I'm ready to get back to talking about horses and hanging out with my friends. And I can't well, think of... Well, that's why it's good to take a rest. That's right. And I can't think of anybody better to start the year with than you. So, uh-huh. so Thanks, thank Glenn. you, Dr. Wendy, for joining us. Of course, the first... Thursday of the month is Driving Day, and we talk about all things driving and a little bit of Chinese medicine thrown in there. But Wendy's going to tell us what's coming up on today's show. Yes, on today's show, Goodbye Nursing Homes, my friend Tracy Higgins filled us in on her retirement community for equestrians in Aiken, plus Katie Cadwell previews the spring driving events, and we have a training question for her, and we find out the nuts and bolts of Santa's sleigh with Kathleen Hack. Really? We're going to talk about Santa's sleigh today? Yeah. Has Kathleen seen it in person? She's investigated? I guess so. Maybe, (laughs) uh, you know, after all that Christmas flying around, it goes in the shop. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Kathleen works on it. She did say she was in the north with her horses, so who knows? I know. And then also on the TCVM segment, you know, your thing about feeling relaxed. Yeah. How we're going to start off the new year is about how uh, the basis of TCVM is living your life in moderation for health and longevity. Oh, wow. Cool. And that's something that that uh, all of us fail at at times is living in moderation. Well, and, you know what else? Yeah. The, our modern society has like convinced us we have to make a New Year's resolution. We have to start jogging or be vegan or do all this crap, right? And you're tired. It's the holidays. <laughs> so yeah, you should. it's a good time to reflect and think about being healthy, but 
Well, we'll talk about resolutions too, and whether you make any or whether I make any later in the show. We'll talk about that during the during that segment coming up. But first, we have to do our first daily winnies of 2020. And my daily winnie is one of these. The first birthday wishes of 2020, and we have some auditors with birthdays. Rich Muller. Rich is going to be on our cruise. Do you realize our our horse lover's cruise is only 30 days away? So Rich is going to be there. He was on the last one. I'm so excited to hang out with him again. Caroline Culbertson, who hosts the jumping episode here once a month. It's her birthday as well down there in Wellington. Megan Aline, who fills in every once in a while. she It's her birthday as well. And we have driving friends that have birthdays. Misty Miller, who's a four-in-hand driver. And Barry Dickinson, who joins us on a regular basis and is always one of our favorite guests. So happy birthday to all of them. Do you have a daily win? You know what? My daily Winnie today is going out to your wife, Jen. Uh-oh. What did I do? <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. She's just so fabulous. Wow. You know, and, and part of my uh, balanced life, right? Like, Kyle is a metal, and I'm a fire. And he's so good at, like, I might have a to-do list of, like, ten things. And he's like, okay, pick two of those. <laughs> And, and Jen, so I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, Jen is a total metal. So without Jen, we at the Horse Radio Network would be running like chickens with our head cut off. And instead, she keeps us all on track. That is true. She says that to me all the time. She says, you're never going to get all that done in, in one day. So just right. pick two, three things and get it done. And you then, put the rest of the notes on, on your to-do on the refrigerator and right. look at it as it right. comes. And she's right, because you do feel better if you actually accomplish one or two things instead of trying 50. Right. You're yeah. never going to get that to-do list done today, so pick two. When Kyle said that to me, I used to like be like, I can do more than two. two. <laughs> but now he's worn me down, and I'm like, yeah, I, I only want to do two. <laughs> Well, we had something really fun before we get to Kathleen, our first guest in Carriages 101. We we had something fun yesterday. So we go out to this place called Inglis Island, Mm -hmm. uh, Inglis Dam, and it's uh, over in Dunellen, and it's maybe a 35-minute drive from where we live. And it's this beautiful island, State Park, I think. Uh, it's this beautiful island. They have a lake all around it. And it's it's a lot of acres. <laughs> it's pretty big. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. I want to go with uh, you sometime. It's beautiful, isn't it, in the pictures? Well, we that's my favorite place to go because most of the paths are wide enough for the carriage. And and <laughs> the turf is not all sand. So it's, yeah. it's, it's good enough for the carriage to go. And we go out there, and usually we're alone. There's no other horse people, maybe one or two people walking their dogs and some fishermen out on the lake. But that's it. Yesterday we go out and I said to Jennifer, look at all the trailers over there. There must have been 20 trailers. And then we found out that half of them were carriages. Oh, really? Yes. We've never seen a carriage out there in all the years we've been going there. And there were all these carriages and three of them were from our neighborhood. We met our, our no neighbors. No way. Yes. And I didn't even know they had carriages, had two carriage oh horses. Gosh. So a lot of ponies, a couple of halflingers, and most of them are in Black Prong or live up by Black Prong. And they yeah. come down for the winters or whatever. And they all decided to go over to uh, Inglis yesterday. So we got to meet some driving people. Oh, and some are listeners. So if we met you yesterday, it was good to meet you. That's great. Yeah, and they all knew you, of course. Uh. <laughs> 
So it was a lot of fun to, to finally meet carriages in the wild. I know that is really nice because, you know, we down here in Florida, we do have a lot of options for driving and, uh, but some places are too deep, you know? So it's nice that you found this place that has nice solid footing. And I have the narrow tires on that carriage. I want to get the pneumatic <laughs> wheels for it. I want to order those. When I get afforded, yeah, you should I'm gonna, get those. Yeah, yeah. They're like a thousand dollars though, which is why I haven't done it. But I do want they're to get dollars No, yes. you only need two. So I know. That's, if I buy them directly from the company I got the carriage from, it's $1,000. So I need to find oh. an alternate source. Um, oh. Yeah, because I'm sure I can get them cheaper than that. But yeah, so it was, uh, it's been, I always have to be careful where I drive because of that. Because, right. Because the, I, I sink. <laughs> So yeah. and the poor pony has to work really hard. I have a question later for Kiwi in the training segment. Uh, and it's something that I think everybody that driving carriages for the first time, especially if they haven't had any instruction, run into. And that is over there, there's a couple places. I know it's Florida. We don't have hills. But there's actually a couple spots that have some really steep hills. They don't go very far, maybe 20 mm-hmm. to 30 yards. Right. But they're they're pretty steep. And, and of course, Scooters doesn't see hills very often. So he doesn't know how to take them. And I don't know what to do with them. So I want to talk to her a little bit about training on hills because I think that's important. That's Uh, a great question because with riding, you use your body to balance them. But with driving, especially with your two-wheel cart and no brakes, you have to prepare. And he doesn't know what to do either. You know, so that's that's the the other thing is he has no idea what to do either. So we'll talk about that later in the show. Um, And then I want to also, when we have a minute, I want to talk to you a little bit about Scooter because it's been a while since I've talked to you about him. Uh, And uh, the fact that I think somebody came in in the middle of the night about two months ago and replaced my pony with a different one. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that, too. I want to get your your Chinese medicine opinion on what's happening with my pony. (laughs) Okay. So, But first, let's go to Carriages 101. And uh, talk to Kathleen. We're going to give her a call. We have no producer today, so we're on our own. And you had a working holiday. You didn't get any time off, huh? No, I didn't get any time off. I've been chained to my computer. And you know how I hate to be chained to my computer. I know. I know. It's one of your favorite things in the whole world, like most most people. I know. So I've been chained to the computer. It's been super nice out. And I've been wanting to go out and garden and ride my horse. And instead, I've been chained to the computer, and then the, my little geese, you know, my little yard pets, they come and look in my window, and they peck the window. And I'm like, I know, I'm tra- chained to the computer. <laughs> they want you to come out and visit? Yeah, they're so cute. For those that don't know, Wendy is now a professor at the Chi Institute. Um, yep. Hello, Glenn and Wendy. How are you? Good. Hi, Hi Kathleen. Kathleen. We have you on the phone today Hi. because I hear you're in the Great White North hanging out with Santa Claus. Yes, you would You would think that that's the case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit colder here than it is in Kentucky. Yeah, why uh, are the sun you, is shining right now. You usually are living in Lexington. Why are you going north this time of year? You're supposed to be coming down to see us. Well, you know, family family obligations. You have to come see all the horses and this is where um, Draken, who took me to my national championships and everything, is retired at. Oh. And so uh, he's here, and I get to line drive him. It's a little too uh, mucky right now to uh, drive, but uh, I've been riding the last eight, t- eight days and playing with the minis and, and doing all types of uh, horse activities that I don't necessarily always get to do. Um, so it's, 
it's a unique opportunity for me at the holidays. Has it reinvigorated <laughs> your soul? It does. I love driving Drake, and it doesn't make a difference. I mean, he's been retired for eight years, and he can still do a one-handed figure eight on the long Aww. lines. He's just, you know, I just love driving him, and he he doesn't really know that he's retired. He would go back in the show ring tomorrow if I let him. So, <laughs> That's great. He's a good boy. He yeah. is. But uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say for new listeners, Kathleen is with the Carriage Association of America, and she comes on once a month to give us a segment we call Carriages 101, where she talks about different carriages and things. I got to tell you, there did you get to watch the Rose Parade yesterday, Kathleen? Pieces of it. There was some amazing uh, flower displays on carriages yesterday. <laughs> yes, and then the Wells Fargo coach, it holds 32 people. It's one of the largest yeah. coaches ever built. They said it was a hotel coach or something they called it. I have to look that one up. We'll have to talk right. about it. Yeah. So the ho- hotel coaches in general go from the train to the, the hotel. And so they were designed to be able to move people like that. Um, they wouldn't necessarily go. Sometimes they would go out on tours or excavations or something. But for the most part, they were not going tremendous amount of distances. Their job was to move people. Um, and get them to the hotel activities. Well, so, they were pulled by, yeah. what do they have? Quarter horses, I think, right? Um, they were pulled by eight of them. And then the they had that thing loaded down. There must have been 30 people. <laughs> it was something yeah. else. Yeah. It was something to They see. have a really great, yes, they have a really great program. Those horses, uh, they, they choose specifically those quarter horses. And they, they go through a lot of them looking for the right ones. But they'll stand for up to two hours while hooked. And that's part of their training. And, and they'll stand in parade conditions like that. So um, they're really nice horses. Well, they it, looked, it didn't look like he was having trouble with them. And they were, you know, there with a million people along the parade route. Uh, and it's just always fun to watch the Tournament of Roses parade. One, because it's pretty. And two, because there's horses. So, and yeah, RFD did the coverage this year. RFD has a new station, too, called the Cowboy Channel. So they're mm-hmm. expanding this year and apparently going into a whole bunch of different things, too. So it's interesting to see the horse world expanding and the horse world media expanding, too. So kind of cool. Yes. Don, Don Imus, who who just recently passed away, um, played a big part in helping them get going and, and doing uh, some of the expansion and such. know that till yesterday. Me neither. I didn't know he put up the money, some of the money to get that mm-hmm. started, the RFD in the first place. Yes. Um, you don't really think of Don, Don Imus as, as being a, a country guy. You know, I mean, when you listen to his show, but he um, did believe it, you know, in, in keeping some tradition alive and, and supporting uh, the, some of the things that make this country great, you know, and the horses and that type of thing. And and he, he was a big sponsor of theirs. Well, and you, it, Don also had a camp uh, for kids who were terminally ill. And Correct. Yeah, yeah, it was a camp that had horses and all kinds of stuff. And he ran that for years and years and years. And then I guess RFD took it over. They they actually bought it from him uh, when he was. Yeah, so I'm not sure know. when that happened, but it it was fairly recently, I think, as he got a little older. And I think his health yeah. started to fail, and you know he realized he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. His wife was involved with that too, I think, uh, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. But, Anyway, let's get back to Santa Soleil. That's what we're talking about today. <laughs> I didn't know you had personally seen Santa Soleil, but. Um, <clears throat> yes, I we uh, you know Santa sometimes has to have some help, and uh, you know you get to uh, discuss these things as, as people ask you questions, and 
NORAD says that Santa Slay can can uh, pull about eighty or excuse me, I'm sorry, sixty tons of toys. Oh my and god. So <laughs> Someone asked me if that was actually possible for the horses to, you know, I mean, it's a little different with reindeer, but if horses could do that. And in 1924, there were reportedly a pair of shires that pulled 50 tons of uh, trees on a sled. So they would have been actually in the woods moving this wood out. It's not at a horse pole. They would have actually moved it in the winter on a sled. So it's it's conceivable that they could, you know, if the reindeer were not available, that the uh, draft horses could step up and uh, help Santa out with that. But uh, we also had the discussion of, well, would a pair of shires be able to get around the world fast enough? Oh, no. And it turns out <laughs> they don't like yeah. <laughs> I can <Sorry>. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we think it would have to be probably a Shire standard red cross to, to make it happen. Uh, <laughs> reindeer, <laughs> reindeer go about 15 miles an hour uh, tops, uh, which they just um, had a race. Uh, the standard red people had a race at the top of the world, and they did it um, with this, this new race that they're doing, and they got the drivers that were visiting from around the world got to go out and drive reindeer and also uh, drive some sled dogs. And so it was really interesting to see the comparison and driving styles between the dogs, the reindeer, and the horses. But the, uh, you know, standard breads get up there in the 30 miles an hour range. Reindeer only go about 15 miles an hour. How about the dogs? How fast do they go? They seem to be flying. I don't know, to be honest. It depends a lot on what type of dogs you have and the conditions from what I understand. Um, some of them can can get going, but they are better at going longer, longer distances distance. than anybody else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, and I I also learned just as a you know we always worry when our animals you know we hear strange pops and things from joints and we think oh that might not be a good thing, but reindeer knees apparently pop, and it's it's a sexy thing for them that the uh, reindeer with louder popping knees are attractive to females. So, who knew? <laughs> you are full of wealth of knowledge today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that's true. With... Reindeer romance. I wouldn't have to check yes. that out. <laughs> that's what I was told. I was like, okay. <laughs> that's but, um, and the reindeer apparently are, are pretty good about the bells. Now, if you have a horse and you're introducing them to bells, which I happen to have a set right here, can you hear them? Yeah. Yeah. So these are actually shaft bells, and they go on the shafts of the sleigh. And Santa doesn't have those type of, of um, sleigh, or excuse me, bells. But if you do, they're with you the whole, whenever you move your sleigh. So even in the summer or whatever, whenever you move it, they stay on the shafts usually. But they, um, you get your horse used to it. Uh, by how, having them around the barn and things like that, you do want to try them before you put uh, put them on their horse and hook them up. Uh, they're a softer chime. They're almost like a wind chime type sound than the sleigh bells that you put around a horse's neck or um, around it, uh, his girth or over the hips. Um, and uh, they're a little bit uh, chimier. Um, I don't want to say tinnier, but they're a little bit sharper sound. Uh, where these are a softer, more like a wind chime sound. And uh, 
you do want to make sure some horses take to it no problem, others not so much. <laughs> we're gonna, it's important we're, to know that before you <laughs> before you hook. We're going to try um, and introduce it a, to Scooter here. Uh, he hasn't had the bells yet, but we saw our neighbor. This is the cutest thing I wanted to tell you guys. That our neighbor has a mini called Ricky Bobby. Um, and he's a little white mini, and he is he likes to go. So that's why she named him Ricky Bobby. And he drives a little cart. And on Christmas Day, she decked him all out with bows, and he's white. So she decked him out with red bows and bells and everything. And she got all decked out, and she went around the neighborhood on Christmas Day, and people were stopping and getting pictures with her. And oh my God, it was the so cutest cute. thing ever. So next year, Scooter has to go out all decked out, too. So we we'll have to do that. Now, Scooter probably has some exposure because... He's been on the bike trails, and the bikers, yes. irks me, the, they probably do their bells, right? They don't do bells too much, but, uh, you know, he's used to all different kinds of things on the bike trails, you know. So, yeah. And cars. I mean, we're on the roads all the time, too. So, you know, if it's mechanical, it doesn't bother him. Some deer were in the woods yesterday. That was, you know, that bothered him. <laughs> so I wish they had had bells. It would have been better. <laughs> well, if their knees were popping, you, they were maybe ringing. <laughs> <laughs> the other problem that we noticed is that on Santa's sleigh, <clears throat> he does not have a pole or shaft. Now, we know that magic makes Santa happen, and that's how he gets where he's going and, and such. But apparently, he also works his draft system uh, by magic, because if you were turning, there was no way for the reindeer to turn without some magic happening, because you needed either shafts or a pole to um, control the steering of the, the sleigh. <laughs> or, as um, we so all important. learned in Elf, there's a jet engine under there. Yes, that could be. <laughs> but the jet engine just makes it go fast. You still don't have any control over the sleigh. Oh, that's the, true. The turning is a problem, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, Santa has some special magic, and I'm sure that he spent some time talking to the reindeer and working on vocal commands and everything, you know, Yeehaw, left, right, whatever works for Santa. But um, it's it's important to know that that doesn't really work in the real world. You do need <laughs> something uh, ideally to attach to. Um, the If you do do that, though, it's important to know that a sleigh does not turn the way that a cart does because the shafts are attached or the, the pole and the entire sleigh has to be pushed with that turn. So no 180s, unless you want to tip over, um, and, and you probably uh, want to be considerate because you don't really back them up. So when you hook, you need to make sure that you're able to go forward or, or some direction because it's very, very hard for a horse to back a sleigh up. Um, and again, when they're turning, you want to make a sweeping turn and not a 180 or, or an eight, you know, 90 degree turn because they have to physically push that whole um, vehicle around. Now, when you see the draft horses out and, and they're doing their things in the winter with at the resorts and everything, uh, you'll notice that they always do this big sweeping turn when they come up. And that's why, uh, is so that when they get uh, loaded up with people, it's an easy way for the horses to move out. Um, and that's, Santa doesn't have that problem. He just takes off. Now, I think the reindeer probably need some type of a running start, though. I would, yeah, they do. You got the length of a roof to get going. Yes. That's what, that's what, yes. So, I have never been in a sleigh. 
Really? I've never wow. been on a sleigh. In all, all the years we of lived course. up north, we used to drive the carriages in the snow, but I've never been on a sleigh. Oh, I love sleighing. It's the, it's the best. Wendy, you, did was, you used to drive sleigh? I was No, I never drove a sleigh. I was in a sleigh a long time ago when I was a little kid, but I never drove one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, when we had our place in New York, we would uh, roll the snow. And so just like you condition a... a someplace that you might want to cross-country ski or something like that. We conditioned it, rolled it, and then we could slay pretty much uh, all winter long. Um, and it was wow. it was great. Back in the day, they actually used to have a water truck that would go out, uh, not a water truck, a water wagon, and uh, put, put down a l- little bit of water so that the sleighs would stay on the top and it would be icy. And in, as I understand it, I've never actually seen this, but I, I've heard that in parts of Europe there was someone that would either go in front of the sleigh or perhaps had some type of a drip system at the front of the sleigh so that the runners would be able to um, go in an icy spot so that the, it's easier for the horses. Um, if you get a real powdery snow, you're looking at more of a, a draft horse environment where you can, mm-hmm. um, you need that angle uh, for the horses to be a little bit stronger. Uh, the lighter horses do really well on packed snow or the lights, you know, snow that's been rolled or something like that. But in general, when you're looking for an environment to go flaying in and ask, well, when, when should I go? If you can cross country ski or if you can snowshoe on it, um, you probably are okay. So before um, we run out of time, really wet. before we run out of time, Kathleen, I wanted to ask you what type of sleigh, who made Santa's sleigh? What, what type is it? Well, I think that depends on where you're from, Okay, <laughs> but we, we've decided that it's not an Albany sleigh, which an Albany sleigh has swell on the sides. And often I always thought that they were called courting sleighs until I was quite, quite old. Cause that's, it pushes you together. So we think it's a Portland sleigh. Uh, but we, we're not quite sure who made it. But we've noticed uh, that perhaps in, in Russia and some other places that, that he has a different type of sleigh. So he may change that to, to fit the culture that he's in. He may right. adapt as he goes. And you know what? Um, he probably had the elves make it anyway. So. Well, yes. I mean, you know, in, like a Portland sleigh, that's a type of sleigh. It's a body type. So a lot of people made them, but if you, you know, maybe Brewster made it for him. We, you know, they were very nice, made some very nice sleighs. And i really, as long as it's warm in there, we're all good, you know, <laughs> uh, but they, they, because technically speaking, there's not enough room in there to, to put all those toys. So in like Canada, they put them in the front, some of the toys in the front, which is how they would have uh, moved, uh, and things like that back in the day, they all would have gone in front of the driver and like in a tub sleigh. And those are a lot of fun to drive. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's possibilities, but Santa has his own type of magic that makes it all work. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, if <clears throat> you're helping Santa out and you're wondering whether or not it's a prop or a real sleigh, uh, if you kind of shake it, a lot of times you can tell. If it's sturdy or not, that's usually the first sign. And then you just want to make sure that <clears throat> Santa sometimes gains weight uh, on the off season. You know, that never happens to any of us. 
but uh, you want to make sure he's not going to go through the, the floorboards and uh, make sure that he's, he's safe. Got it. Well, it's a carriage. Yeah. By the way, is Santa a member of the Carriage Association of America? I believe he is, and okay. I believe he's also a, car- a member of the American Driving Society too. So, so, so how can the, people? Uh, CAA. How can people find yeah. you? He is a member at caaonline.com or our Facebook page, which is the Carriage Association of America. Well, you enjoy the rest of your holiday up there, and we'll talk to you again next month. Thanks, Kathleen. Thank you. Guys, stay warm. Thanks. And as Kathleen mentioned, the ADS is a sponsor of this show, so let's listen to a little bit about them. And then we're going to someplace warmer than where she is in Michigan, right? We're going to Aiken, South Carolina. We're going to Aiken, South Carolina. Where it's a little bit warmer. If you are a driver and not a member of the American Driving Society, you are missing out. The benefits of membership are amazing, including a subscription to their glossy magazine, The Whip, featuring all the latest news and feature articles for the sport of carriage driving. And you'll get the digital newsletter, The Wheel Horse, delivered right to your email. Not a competitor? Then the ADS membership will give you online access to the ADS Trail Guide, a state-by-state guide for recreational drivers. If you are a Pleasure or CDE competitor, then access to the omnibus of upcoming carriage competitions is a must-have. You'll also be eligible for their recognition programs, including the ADS Youth Championships, the Hours to Drive, along with the all-new ADS Driven Dressage Awards, plus eligibility to participate in the North American CDE Intermediate Calculated Championships and the North American Intermediate and Preliminary Championships. You can find it all at AmericanDrivingSociety.org. That's AmericanDrivingSociety.org to get your membership today. And they had their uh, – we get, we have to have them on next month to talk about how things went at their annual event here in Florida in December. Yeah, I, I heard it was a big turnout and they had lots of fun. There was lots of champagne and lots of driving. Well, I think we have your guest on. You want to introduce her? Oh, okay. We have Tracy Higgins, who has a wonderful farm, Whipple Tree Farm, down in Aiken, South Carolina. And she's going to tell us all about retiring down south. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Wendy. How are you? So I see from your Facebook you're having a ton of fun down well, there in Aiken with Mickey Bowen. Tracy, are you talking directly into your phone? You're not on a speaker or Bluetooth? I am on speaker. Can you go right, talk right right into your phone? Well, it'll be a better connection for us. Okay. All right, let's try that. How's that better? Oh, much better. There we go. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. So, Glenn, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, Glenn, but Tracy was a big-time executive for many years, and she lived in the hubbub of uh, just outside of New York City. Oh, really? Wow. And she was taken over by Urban Sprawl. And she was like, she's an adrenaline junkie. She was an advanced level three-day eventer. And then she met Frolic Weymouth, and the rest is history. She became a carriage driver, and now she's one of us. And she just recently retired to Aiken. So does that mean you're poor now like the rest of us? Is that what happened after you got into horses and carriage driving? You got poor like the rest of us? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just chose not to have a family. 
and then oh. that's then you just use the money <laughs> That'll do in a it different too. way. <laughs> <laughs> no kids, you can have more horses, so that's... it's perfect. <laughs> so tell us about what you've been doing down there. Uh, well, it, well, you know, I bought. It, it, actually, this this whole plan hatched, I, and I think Wendy was sitting at my kitchen table with Mickey, and I said we were talking about when we get old, what's going to happen to us. And I said, well, we should all just have like a little, we should buy a little farm and I'll put our little granny cabins all in a circle. Mm-hmm. We can ride around on golf carts with cocktails and check on everybody, make sure everybody's alive and, uh, <laughs> and help, you know, <laughs> help put to put their ponies too and all of that. And, um, it just kind of stuck in my memory banks and I got um, sized out of a large company in 2007 and I I came down, I looked in um, the Ocala area, I looked in Southern Pines, and, you know, things weren't all that affordable, and I really didn't like the areas that much, and I came to visit my friend Brenda, who's outside of Aiken, um, on her farm, and she's been down here for now 20 years, and I just fell in love with the area. So, to find a a decent-sized property at a good price, I ended up out in Windsor, which is about 25 minutes outside of the center of Aiken, so not a not a bad little ride. Um, and soon after I bought that, I think they started up a, um, a couple developments out there, and there's loads of drivers, there's loads of sand roads, there's an enormous forest to drive in, there's, um, I'm near a state park, and I'm near another uh, gopher tortoise preserve for riding, so you can just go and go and go all day and have a blast. Yeah, your so roads are really that. nice dirt roads. They're not gravel. They're like this nice packed sand. It's nice and soft sand. for the horses. Yeah, yeah, you can just trot along for miles. It's really, really nice. And, um, you know, and it's it's very rural. I mean, your, your internet connections aren't the greatest and you're not going to get, you know, streaming video and things like that, but you learn to put up with it and make make do but i just love it so i built a um a big big pole barn um on the property and put my living quarters on the end of the pole barn so it's a big open space open plan pole barn with you know stalls that horses can come in and um on one side is just all set up for visitors and the other side is set up for my ponies but you know down here they don't really even have to come in so mm-hmm. I got to ask you about living in the barn. We've had that discussion before with people too. We Reese Cosler uh-huh. Stanfield, who does uh, the dressage show for us, she lives in the barn. They have an apartment in the barn. Do you like it? And you wouldn't know the difference between living in a house, actually, Glenn, and, and living in the barn. Um, behind where my my I call it my house because it is like a house. Um, there's a you know like six or eight layers of sheetrock. And then there's a carriage room for carriage storage. And then you're mm. to the barn, and that's open. And then the back of the barn is all for equipment storage and carriages and things like that. But you wouldn't know it. You don't hear horse noises or anything like that. It's um, And you look out the window, you don't see anything but, you know, the pastures and all. So so I, I like it a lot because I can go out in my 
jammies and walk around the corner and there, and there everybody is. Yeah, that's one of the things she likes too. Now, in hers, I don't think they have that much wall in between. In hers, the stalls are right outside her door. So you do hear the horses oh, yeah. in there and stuff. And I, you know, I always wondered, would I always be thinking, what's going on in there? <laughs> what are they doing? Uh, you know. But you're already thinking yeah. that anyway. Right. So it's better that you're right there. So you can just walk out and see. Yeah, at least, yeah, you don't have to go in the snow to get to it, right? It's. Right. No, I don't have, I don't hear anything, but the the dogs do. I have, um, I, I picked up a couple of Great Pyrenees and they're super, super watchdogs and guard, livestock guardian dogs. And, and one that lives out with the goats and one has decided that he's going to just be my guardian. So he hangs around <laughs> with me. But anything, you know, if a, a leaf falls outside, you know about it. So don't worry too much about not being that close. <laughs> and do you have um you so you said you have space for guests? Tell us about uh, a yep. little bit about if people want to come visit. Oh well, it's it's um the, there's five stalls on the outside. It's a separate side of the barn, so it's kind of secluded from you know you're not you don't have a big hubbub like you've got if you've got a center aisle and everybody's in each other's way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it and. So you can pull the trailer, if you're coming for overnight, you can pull the trailer right up to the barn and take the horses right off into the stalls. And, you know, all the equipment is there. All you need is, you know, your hay and and the horse, and you're Mm -hmm. set for the night. Um, But for people who want to stay longer, we do that, too. You can do um, either, you know, pasture board or stall that also includes, you know, group pasture or individual turnout. and it's it's pretty low key. I mean, the area is very inexpensive. The only thing you pay a lot of money for is hay, of course, and you know that living in Florida. Right. Yeah, yeah, we know um, that. Yeah, it's not quite as bad, but fortunately, my ponies eat the coastal Bermuda, so we're we're set with that. Um, but you know, there's run-in sheds and a round pen, and I've got a big um, driven dressage arena and um, grass arena and cones courses and there's like trees that we've made into little hazards and stuff so it's it's pretty self-contained and then once you go off the property you can hook into the neighborhoods of um, the Pine Acres neighborhood or the Windsor Trace neighborhood and literally just drive until you're you're sick of it or you're hungry or you're tired or <laughs> or the horse quits Fun one or the like other. <laughs> so Tracy, but what's I mean, it like in the winter? Does it get it. really cold? Is it snowy? Is it icy in Aiken, South Carolina? No, not that. Um, I think that the coldest they had was a couple of years ago. Uh, Shelley Temple told me it was below twenty, which I I would eee, die. That's but too cold. That, <laughs> that doesn't. No. That doesn't happen. I mean, it'll no. hover around the free- freezing mark, but you rarely get a freeze either because people, when they build properties, they the the well pumps and all the plumbing is above ground. And I was like, well, why don't you put that inside the house or something? <laughs> That's just how they do it because things don't freeze. They just get one of those giant plastic rocks and throw it over the top of the pump. <laughs> I I always thought for the market down here, they should be like giant plastic fire ant mounds. It would be more appropriate than, you know, than a big chunk Your jerseyness is showing, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> a, big chunk of, a big chunk of granite in the south. It's like, yeah, that doesn't quite fit in. But, but, but I lived last year when I was waiting for the um, apartment to be finished. I was living in my little camper next to the barn. And, um, 
I didn't have any trouble with the water freezing or anything. I think we had one really, really cold night and that was it. So, um, that's, that's about it. I think it's, you know, you can ride or drive and when you get up in the morning, it may be forties and by afternoon it's in the sixties and that's perfect to me, you know, hovering on the high sixties. So most of the time it's pretty nice. The summers are hot, but you know, you, you, you just like Florida, you learn to work with the weather. And you, you know, know, just every. Well, you're retired. You early and take it in. Yeah, that's right. To Vermont for the summer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, that's what I thought. That's you no. Know, then you go to Maine. You go up to oh, Maine yeah. and drive up there in Acadia. <laughs> well, now Aiken. Uh, before we wrap up here, uh, you know, we, Wendy and I went to mm-hmm. Aiken a couple of years ago. We actually drove. The town is so cute, and it's very horsey. It is. It is. It's cute. There's lots of little horse sculptures all around town. They have the um, the Thoroughbred Racing Museum. Um, there's a training track, the Aiken training track. You can go in the morning and have breakfast at the track kitchen and then watch the horses getting exercise. Um, and, I mean, in the summers... We go and watch polo, and that's a blast. Even if it's, you know, low-go polo, polo, it's still fun to watch. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of things. There's fox hunting. There's the um, Hitchcock Woods for trail riders. I even belong to a trail riding group here, and they go out once a week, and it's a different location every time. And after trail riding, we have to pull out a big lunch spread and, um, almost anything you want to do with horses is right here. Of course, it's huge for eventing also, but um, but that's why I liked it so much. There was so so much variety; you just can't get bored. And if I think it's one of the few horses, equestrian communities that hasn't been all like swallowed up by a lot of the urban sprawl because there's not a giant city close by, so it still keeps its right. like, old timey character. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice because, you know, on the one side of town, the south side of Aiken, you have all of the little conveniences that, you know, the chain restaurants and Walmart and things like that. But um, but the town is lovely. And then when you get to the north and west, it's all farms and very rural and open. And um, But it's a really affordable place to live. The taxes are incredible. So, um, you know, I'd recommend it to anybody. And I actually bought a huge piece of property so that I could split off, you know, little lots that we mm-hmm. could, you know, put little granny granny barns on. You have a <laughs> pony or two. Or, or hey, what about even, grandpa you know, barns? What about grandpa okay, so, barns? <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of outnumbered, though, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am, actually. Well, Tracy, how can you You could be on the golf cart patrol. <laughs> yeah, he's on golf cart patrol. How can people find you and uh, come visit? Well, we I, I have a, a website called theharnessroom.com, and I put a tab on there for Whippletree Farms, and it's on there, and all the information about renting, staying overnight, or if you wanted to buy a little um, retirement lot, that's on there too. But it's it's a wonderful place, and I recommend a visit. It's just absolutely fall in love. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it, Tracy, and have fun have fun over the winter in in beautiful Aiken. I know it is fun. <laughs> I'm already out, ready to do my do my shopping drizzly a little bit, and then head back and see if it's nice enough to take a couple sets of ponies out. So uh, it's a good time, and I got my little granny girl, Mickey Bowman, right around the corner, so it's even better. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. 
So, Wendy, you come and visit anytime. I will. I'm coming this spring. <laughs> All right. We'll miss you. Okay, you guys. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. And the Mickey she's talking about is Mickey Bowen, who's also been on this show a number of times and uh, is a good friend. We saw her one of our first trips together to the uh, Martin's auction. We saw Mickey. Oh, yeah. That's where I first met her. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have another driving friend that I actually met Mickey Bowen through my friend Margaret Harris when I lived up in Virginia, which is hard to believe was 20 years ago. Wow. Um, but Margaret's coming down to Florida to visit, and I we might go up and see Tracy and Mickey for a couple of days. Very good. Cool. Have the grandma reunion. And for those that don't know Mickey, she's a force to be reckoned with, and she's about maybe five foot tall. Uh, and maybe she's four, weighs she's uh, four eleven, Glenn. Maybe weighs twenty five pounds, uh, and uh, yet she can she can drive with the best of them. I know uh, yeah. she's good and a wealth of knowledge too. Mm-hmm. All right, we I got a special surprise for you. One of our auditors, we're going to try and get the auditors much more involved in the show this year, has oh, just left Aiken for her. I think it was her first trip down there. Uh, no way. Yes, her name is Marie. She goes someplace every year in January, beginning of January. She came down to Ocala last year. She just drives her and her horse places and goes and visits. And I think we have Marie on here with us. Hi, Marie. Hi, Glenn and Wendy. Hey, Marie. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, last year, you came down to Ocala, and we got to go out and ride with you. But every year, you take these adventures around the country. You just drive yourself and your horse, and you go, and you park, and you go on rides with people. And you chose Aiken this year. Why? Well, I had a friend that has a spot in an equestrian community down there, and they said to come down. And I had really no idea what to expect. And boy, it was not my normal camping in the woods type of experience because there was so much to do. And I had a couple of friends meet me down there. So it was it was great. Everything in Aiken is horsey, no matter what you do. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Ocala was that way till you went to Aiken, huh? Right. Yes. Aiken, we, the, the community or the subdivision, whatever you want to call it, that we stayed in was designed so that you could ride between each of the properties. It had a 20 foot easement between each pasture and they all had like five or 10 acres. It was beautiful. And you could ride their trails and then connect to the trails. And we drove into town multiple times to see um, there's racetracks. And we watched the horses breeze, which was absolutely everything I dreamed of as like a kid when you read like <laughs> the Black Stallion books. <laughs> and you go to the track. It was perfect. Like the, the dew coming off of the ground and the horses running. And there's like photographers and like the trainers and stuff. It was great. Well, it sounds like you had a terrible time in Aiken. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> Did I assume you got a lot of riding in because your goal when you do these trips yourself is to ride every day. Did you get that accomplished? We did. We got it accomplished. You know, it's not too hard to do when everything is horses. I mean, we rode, there's a, develop, a donated piece of property in Aiken called Hitchcock Woods which has 2,000 acres, I think, of trails and stuff. So we trailered into town, which every place you drive in town, there's little houses with 
stables behind them. Um, and you can pretty much ride anywhere in town. So our plan was as <clears throat> to ride to the, get a drink at the bar. <laughs> oh, that sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> right. It was like this really fancy restaurant called the Wilcox and they'll serve you on your horse. But we wrote, we chose to go, go there on New Year's Eve and they were preparing for a party. So we couldn't get a drink, but <laughs> the, Hitchcock, <laughs> the Hitchcock Wood part was awesome. And it, if you were somebody who had a carriage, like all the trails, you could put a carriage down, but there's like steeplechase courses. Um, I am a trail rider and I make my horse walk over every single jump because I'm afraid of jumping. But it like for people who like to jump, you could have jumped for miles there because they had the hunts and the cross country course and the steeplechase course were all like in that area. Well, That's now, so great. I'm going to get in trouble because the listeners always bust my chops when I we have somebody like Marie on, who's an auditor, one of our terrific auditors here. Um, and Marie also will be on the cruise with us next month. Yay! 30 days, Marie. 30 days. We'll be there. <laughs> um, so, Marie, what kind of horse do you ride? Tell us about your horse that you brought taken. I have a 13-year-old Calamino quarter horse mare named Goldie. Um, she, My friend and I trailer down together. She also has a quarter horse. Um, so we just kind of jig-jog around the trails. And uh, Goldie travels really well, luckily. Both our horses are pretty experienced travelers, and they kind of just hang out. But I remember Marie's trailer. She has a living quarters that was absolutely packed full of stuff. I mean, <laughs> she carries everything on these trips. Uh, anything you might need, Marie has. Now, finding it might be a problem, but it's there. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> You do enough of these trips, you go, oh, okay, I wish I had this. And then, you know, it just gets added into the trailer. And then, you know, so this time I had, I wrote down and my friend has a, a bigger, nicer living quarters. And so she was gracious enough to let us travel in that. And now I, I had to just like tear down. I mean, Gwen, I only had like six suitcases. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Marie, you're not allowed six suitcases on the cruise. You only need two or three, but we'll see you in about 30 days. And I'm so glad you had fun in this year's adventure. Yes. Can't wait. All Be right. Good. Thanks, Marie. <laughs> Bye. If you, too, want to become an auditor, you can do that by simply going to horsesinthemorning.com, and you'll see the the link there on the right side of the page to become an auditor for as little as $3 a month. You, too, can join the fun in the auditor room, and as Wendy will tell you, it's one of the most active uh, Facebook groups in the world. Um, yes. They, have a, they talk about everything in there, from the serious to the funny to everything in between, taking care of horses, and it's a very positive, upbeat place to be. It's like kind of like our show. We, we try and keep it that there's no politics, no religion. It's yeah. just horses. No negativity. No negativity. And, uh, you know, and we're coming into an election year, and I promise you this, this will be our third presidential election year that we've been doing horses in the morning. And one of the comments we always get is, I tune into horses in the morning so I don't hear election coverage. And we promise that you won't hear any here this year either. So we will help you get through the year. That's our job. But next, we have to go to our training tip, which we do every single month with uh, Kitty, Kitty joining us today, right? Yep. All right, so I'm going to give her a call. 
Uh, so Katie is from Tremont Farm. We have Katie Cadwell from Tremont Farm. And Katie and her sister Miranda train driving horses and ponies in Southern Pines, North Carolina. And uh, that's the other horsey place on the East Coast. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I mean, Southern Pines and Aiken are very similar. Um, Doesn't that... Southern Pines also have a big, long park? Yeah, it yeah. has a 3,000-acre uh, park uh, that was donated by uh, the Mosses. And both Aiken and Southern Hello. Pines are very... Oh, hi, Kitty. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for joining Happy us, Katie. And you're live today. It's a switch. How fun. Oh, I better be careful what I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can't swearing. edit your swearing out this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, we were just we just had uh we just had one of your friends, Tracy Higgins, on from Aiken. And then we had one of our listeners who just been to Aiken for the first time, and now we're talking about Southern Pines. And those are like the you know, that and Acala uh, are the spots on the East Coast in the wintertime. They sure are, and we have had, we can't complain, mid-70s sometimes. Okay, today's maybe in the 50s, but it's still, we have not missed a day of training, which makes us happy. Wow, that's cool. And Southern Pines is so cool, too. Uh, you know, Southern Pines and Aiken, I think Aiken has more of a quaint feel to it than Southern Pines has more of a get-work-done get horsey feel. Yes, I think it is, it's much more the... Um, the determined, get out there. We are not as social, I think, as Aiken. Yeah, I, <laughs> but we I, have fun. I would agree. But we are. We definitely take it seriously. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. They're both beautiful. I mean, let's. <laughs> let's yes, yeah. they're both beautiful. Before we get to your topic today, um, and you're going to talk today about uh, well, what are you going to talk today about? Well, I don't know. I can talk about anything you guys want me to talk about well, today. Yeah. Well, you know what? Glenn has a question. <laughs> I have because, a question. And I can't wait for you to answer this because it kind of, when he asked it, I thought, oh my God, I can't believe he's driving and doesn't <laughs> know this because it's so dangerous. But he wants to know about training downhills. Well, let me, yeah. Let me tell because, you what happened yesterday. So we're out uh, driving around a, uh, a state park here which is beautiful and we don't have a lot of hills in florida so my pony hasn't had much practice on hills because we just don't have any right so this park happens to have a hill that's maybe 25 35 feet long but it's pretty steep so i got to thinking you know as a new carriage driver i'm not but you know the listeners out there the new carriage drivers who who have to do hills how do you train a pony to do a hill or a horse to do a hill i have a cart so no brakes right so um uh, he has done it. We've done this hill a couple times now, and he does it a different way each time because he doesn't know what to do either. And the first time he he applied the brakes and he tried carefully to go down the hill, and I think he determined he didn't like that. So this time he went down the hill as fast as he could. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, exactly. I know, exactly. I wasn't prepared for that, but that's the uh, that's the option he chose. And I, you know, we were halfway down the hill when I realized, oh, this is this is the way he's choosing to do it. So how do you train for hills? Going down specifically. So the, the Going best, up is a little easier. The, yeah. the best way to train for hills is to do some hills. But the big thing is the horses have to accept the britching, right? So as a single, you may not have brakes, but you have britching. So they need to know what the britching does. For non-drivers, explain what that is. So the britching, it goes around the horse's backside, and it stops the carriage from going forward and rolling into them. So it's what stops the carriage from going too far forward on the horse but it also acts as your brakes. So when you halt, 
the britching comes in contact with their butt. And when you go downhill, it comes in contact. So it's essentially a natural break. But it's also so pushing most, them a bit, right? It is always pushing them a bit. Right, right. Right? On the halts and downhills, it is pushing them. That's why you, they, you've worked so hard on all your circles, Glenn. I know you've done this. Oh, uh, Working yes, on endlessly. your circles, on your horse, sitting on his hind end so that you have that connection that he's not going on his forehand. Because the worst thing going downhill is for him to dive forward. Like you said, your pony went fast down the hill. He was obviously not sitting on his hocks. I think that's what happened this time, yes. Yes. So we want them to elevate a little bit in the front end and engage the hind end and then use the hind end, which is their stronger part, as their brakes going down the hill. How do you get so that's them what to, it is. They just how, have to... How, for not for you know new drivers, how do you get them to do that? So it's keeping the front end light, which means not pulling back on it, but asking them to bring their front end up, asking them, don't get into a pulling contest. It's, it's a lot of half-faults. So you say to them, okay, are you ready for the hill? Are you ready to use the brakes? Just little touches on the reins that they know it's coming and that they can engage their front end and not get, if you pull them, you're going to pull them onto the forehand. And then they, nobody will be happy when you go down a hill like that. So you have to make sure they're just really sitting on their hocks. And when you pull them also, like say you're going downhill and you were at the point where you realize he's trying to run and you just yanked on the reins, you think about it, their head goes up and then their back flexes and that can hurt. And then the carriage hits them in the butt and that's an impossible situation. So I think what Katie's saying is you need to prepare. It's like that's a time when you're driving dressage on the trails. And you know and what? You yes, exactly. And when I realized that was the case, I didn't try and stop him. I mean, the hill wasn't that long. So fortunately, you know, we were at the bottom in no time. But, um, but he, you know, he was, he was at a fast trot by the time we got to the bottom, obviously. Uh, but I didn't try and stop him because I knew that would be a problem. Yeah. But that was a correct instinct because if you were to pull back hard, you would knock him off of his balance. Hmm. Right? So then he's handling yeah. it himself. And fine, maybe he's having to roll on a little bit quick. But he's handling it. Right. So that's okay. If you pull on him, then you knock him off of his balance. So the best thing to do is to prepare early before you come to the hill. You know, so you're trotting up to a hill. You know the hill's coming. You see it coming. And you just say, hey, are you listening to me? Do I, can I feel my left side, my right side of my bit? Are you not plowing on your forehand? We're trotting along nicely. And that, you know how a, um, a golf cart freewheels? Mm-hmm or our gator freewheels, that's what you don't want the feeling of going down the hill with the horse. So mm. you want to still feel like you have the contact and the connection with them. You don't want to feel like you're just freewheeling down the hill. Got it. And also in the beginning, like if you're not used to hills, or like in our case in Florida, you might want to walk to down it. the hill first. You know? Yes, exactly. With Give the them cart? A chance to, because they have to figure it out also with the carriage, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because walking, they have, you know, that's a four beat thing. So walking, they can take the time. They can hold the carriage back. It's easier if they decide, oh, my God, I need to stop a second and regain my balance. But trotting, 
you know, it's that adds an extra layer of difficulty to handle different terrain and the balance of the carriage. Yeah, and I was not trotting. <laughs> we were not trotting. Down oh, good. <laughs> no, no, he trotted halfway down the hill. He started trotting, but uh, at the top, we were not trotting. Actually, we, you know, yeah. Then I, he he was just saying, "Well, let me get out of the way." Exactly. Yeah, and I kind of <laughs> let him do what he wanted to do this time to see what would happen. Um, yeah. Right. And you know, I, I learned what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. You well, know, another thing I think yeah. that you find out about hills when you're in a situation like us, Glenn, is uh, I know a lot of times my bridging is very loose because I drive four-wheel carriages with brakes, so mm-hmm. I don't use it that much. But if I went to a two-wheel carriage, I would have to adjust my britching properly because if it's too loose it can, or too low, it can knock them off their balance. Yes. I, when I'm putting two in the aisle, especially if I'm going to drive a two-wheel, which, honestly, I never do, uh, I pull the carriage forward once it's hooked up to make sure the britching engages when it should and that they're not in danger of the carriage hitting their hocks. Or their butts. I know it's in the right place because Wendy helped me with it. So that's why. Oh, good. <laughs> that was Perfect. like years ago. That well, was... it hasn't changed. <laughs> so, um, I, so I have to ask you both another question. So, you know, uh, it seems like you both have lived through the life of uh, this this poor neglected pony when I got it. And we've been talking ever since then. And it seems like about two to three months ago, and he's been a, he's a hackney pony, so he's been a little bit of a challenge at times, bolting and things like that. But two or three months ago, somebody came overnight and replaced my pony with a quiet one because he has been an absolute knock-on-wood angel in the last three months. When everybody else is spooking, we go out with other horses, and when they're all spooking at stuff, he's looking going, what's your problem? <laughs> What's, why are you guys spooking? I have nothing to spook at. It, and he would have been the first one gone, you know, a year ago. We, there were situations that were deer in the woods yesterday and, you know, all that stuff that, that uh, Nigel, Jennifer's riding horse, was kind of looking at and spooking at a little bit. But Scooter just wasn't. And we've had situations where he just isn't. And it's like he's been replaced. I don't know. He's 11 now. Yeah. Maybe maturity just helps with that, too. No, he trusts you. Honestly, in my experience, I've had lots of different horses. Hackneys are ride or die. Once they trust you, they are so loyal to you. And they will do anything for you. You could tell him to go, you know, drive into the middle of a tar pit, and he would say, okay, Daddy, that's what you want. Hackneys are very ride or die. They, they take- like... We'll do anything for you, you when know, they trust you. You know, it's funny that you say that, because I thought about that yesterday. I thought, oh, that can't be it. <laughs> um, because in That the si- is it! I know. In the situation with the deer, I just said, okay. You know, I'm talking to him all the time. And I said, okay, it's okay. And he backed right down. And I thought, wow, is he starting to trust me? Does that take a while with Hackneys? Because it seemed to take a while with this one. It takes a long time with Hackneys. And mm. they are very, because they're not easy to trust. You know, they're a little bit of a hotter breed, but once they trust you, they're like a puppy dog. My horse honestly. trusts me. I feel so good now. Yes. I think he does. Yes, it's dog. you. Exactly. Yeah. And he's an old style hackney pony. Yeah, he he's is. He's one of those old style ones. Heavy bone. He doesn't and... have a They're super smart. Yeah. There was a... And we all know ponies, and he's a pony, so add that in there. But once you get their trust, honestly, they will do anything for you. I think I've gotten to that point, and I can never, I can honestly say I've never said that before with this pony. 
Uh, Isn't that great, though? It is. Now that you've you've uh, articulated it, I feel really good. <laughs> like I'm on top of the world. Well, you can start tonight. Start the new year on a positive note. Wait till I tell Jennifer. Maybe someday Jennifer will trust Yeah. Me. I don't know. Maybe you know. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. You know, it's different with marriages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Give her a carrot. Tell her she's pretty. <laughs> brush her hair. <laughs> Where can people find you and what you do? Uh, at Tremont Farm. We have a, we're on Facebook, Miranda or Katie Cadwell. And you know what? No question is stupid. Anybody can ask us any question. We are glad to help. We've been in driving for years and years and years. And competitive pleasure, everything. We do everything. We're just all about the horse. It's got to be the horses have to be happy. Well, we certainly love having you on the show, and we hope you continue to do that for us in 2020 as well. I will. Yay. (laughs) Now that I feel so good, we're going to let you go. Bye, Katie. Okay, well, go back to work then, you two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. My pony trusts me. Look at that. I know. I'm so happy. I am too. That just made my day. <laughs> you know, I that thought came, and I've never had that thought before that he trusts. Never. You haven't? No. No, because we've always had this issue, you know, and I've never had that thought before yesterday when I drove him. And he's been good the last couple of times, but I thought it was a fluke. <laughs> You know what's going to be really great? Because now you're going to trust him because you were trusting him. And now you know you can trust him. And you're going to be like, this is a whole new relationship for you guys. Experience. Yay. Why does it take half their life to get to this point? Well, (laughs) because ponies, they want to know that, you know, they're like, do you really want it? They want you have to work at ponies. That's why I like horses and gelding. <laughs> well, speaking of wellness, we, every month we do a traditional Chinese medicine segment because Dr. Wendy, in addition to being a, a regularly trained veterinarian, is also a master. Are you a master now? Would it be called? A, you have your masters, but I does that mean master. you're a master? Yeah. 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 So she's a master of traditional Chinese medicine, also teaches it here at the Chi Institute, which is one of the largest in the country for animal uh, veterinary stuff in the Chinese Mm -hmm. world. So what are we talking about today? We're talking a little bit about what I just discovered about my pony. Yeah, yeah. you know what? We're talking about, you know when people say they talk about holistic health and they talk about mind, body, and spirit, right? So what the hell does that mean? Well... It's about wellness. You can't just think about your body and how it functions, like the chemistry of it. And you can't just think about like your feelings. It all is one thing together. So um, like we said earlier, this is the time when people make these New Year's resolutions. And it's really hard to stick with your resolutions because sometimes we pick something like, I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to quit smoking or blah, blah, blah. Well, one of the things you can do to make it to make it able so that you can keep your resolution is to just think every day about wellness. So don't like go out there and just pick a one thing. You need to think about your whole body and your whole uh, emotional spirit, right? So one of the things I always say is the Chinese invented everything, right? So. Uh, one of our classical acupuncture texts was written in 400 BC 
by the Yellow Emperor. And it's his advice for health and longevity. And there are four tenets to that. So this is like before Chinese medicine, right? This is 400 BC. And his four tenets were to live in harmony between nature and your body, to have the unification of a quiet mind and an active body, to moderate daily life, and to eat a healthy diet. So those are things that are, that, you know, wellness people are promoting all the time. And how I translate this into our horsey um, health, I, I translate these four things into the first one is living seasonally, right? Because horses are seasonal animals, uh, have a good work-life balance, uh, moderation is the same thing, and then the healthy diet. So, Glenn, do you do all of those things? Uh, every day, every minute. <laughs> But like with horses, living seasonally is something that we forget about a lot because, you know, we know, like, look at the seasons. When the day length changes, they grow a longer coat, right? Or they cycle differently. The mares will cycle differently. Or the grasses that they're eating are have different um, qualities, right? So, like, we know in the fall we have our our Cushing's horses have trouble with laminitis because, the fall grasses have more sugar, right? And in our modern world, some horses, you know, travel all year round to go to different places. Like there are horses that live in the north that in normally in the wintertime they'd rest. They leave the north and come down to Florida and that like changes their, you know, they're not living seasonally then. And we feed them the same thing every uh, every day, no matter what the season, when their grasses and their forage are changing seasonally. And then work-life balance. I mean, like I said, there are horses that show nonstop because we're able to do that. You can go to Florida or you have an indoor arena or whatever. And then moderation. Yeah, actually, I think same. that for the real competitive horses, for the top-level horses, was easier years ago because they used to get a couple months off. They, because yeah, they you know, Wellington wasn't a thing, and you know, coming to Florida was really wasn't a thing like it is now. And yeah. so, for twenty years, you know, in the year two thousand, they would just have you know part of November, December, and maybe January off, um, right? And be turned out, which I think is good for a horse too to have that once a year. But, right, but now look, our finals are in November, right? And yeah. usually, then the, when the finals ended in the old days, then it was winter and. They had time off, and you bring them back in the spring. But now we have indoor arenas. You can show indoors all year round. You can come down to Florida, you know. And, and, and you know, my best friend Karen, who lives down here in Florida, I always say, hey, why don't you take August off? <laughs> you know, but no, she keeps riding and working. But it's hot down here in August. Like in the summertime in Florida, or maybe our horses should take July and August off. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we do. I mean, so anyway, you know, pretty much down here, you do it, especially this last year, <laughs> July and August off for sure. No, I know, and um, like moderation is. Well, that's true. I mean, every time you hear about somebody going on a diet and it's severe, or you hear about them, you know, starting this massive workout program and it's severe, it never lasts. It's just because because it, it, you, you can't. You can't. 
So it's everything in moderation. It, Don't give up one thing. Just do it in moderation. You know, it's right. Like so, say if you do want to lose on, weight. Hold on one second, Wendy. I'm going to have you unplug. Have to unplug. Yep, yep. All right, hold on, live listeners. Uh, for some reason, with Max, we have to unplug him every uh, hour or so. So okay, here's a moderation. Oh, wait a minute. You're not. Check your settings. I unplugged. Yeah, but you're not on your mic. Oh. Check your settings again. Um, hold on, live listeners. We'll be back. Once we get Wendy Audio, situated. video. Oh, you're right. It changed it again, didn't it? Are Testing. You there you are. Me? Now you're back. Okay, so I'll count you back in. Three. The moderation thing. Yep, three. You guys are going on this cruise. Hold on one second. Let me count you back in. Three, oh. two, one. So here's a moderation example. You guys are going to go on this cruise. Oh, don't right? tell me I have to eat well every day. No, no, no. But there might be people that say, okay, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to eat healthy. So you do that in January and then you go on this cruise in February and then you're going to eat buffet style for like on this boat for nonstop and drink nonstop. Six days and drinking and eating. Correct. That is correct. That, so that's not moderation because you're like <laughs> fasting and then you go and you binge and then in March you'll come back and you're like, oh, No, I see, I don't do it that way. Them. I do it the opposite way. The week before the cruise, I eat as much as possible to make my stomach grow. Oh, that's a good idea. Like you, you work out. Yes, I'm working out. That's correct. That's yes. a great idea. Yeah. That maybe is more moderation. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> You and then healthy diet. For things, right? <laughs> right. And healthy diet. Like on the cruise, you can have a healthy diet. Just eat a variety of different things. And for our animals, uh, sometimes we get in the, you know, habit of feeding them the same thing every day. And, uh, you know, you can give them a variety of fresh fruits and vegetables as treats. Just uh, think about their situation. Like if you have one that has, you know, Cushing's or shouldn't have a lot of sugar, which a lot of our horses shouldn't have a lot of sugar. You know, you can pick low sugar treats like cucumbers. It's always a good option, like crispy, uh, watery vegetables like cucumbers, zucchini, uh, like celery, things like that. Horses love those kind of things. And you add a lot to their uh, enjoyment of food and also add some extra nutrients. So it's a, so it's the same thing for us and our horses, basically. And as far as Chinese medicine is concerned, it's moderation in all things. Yeah. And when, when uh, a lot of our, you know, acupuncture was used on animals, especially farm animals in the ancient times, because they, you know, this was an agrarian society, right? They, this is, they needed to keep their animals healthy. That's how, how they made their living. But a lot of the principles that we use in TCVM come directly from uh, this human, uh, this, this book, the Yellow Emperor's book is about humans. It's not about animals. We didn't have veterinary texts for animals until uh, a little bit later, but still in the ancient times. And we we go on the same principles of that, and in our in our modern medicine, we still go on the same principles of disease with animals and humans too. So it's the same thing. Do you have a product you want to talk about in relation to this at all? Um, well, yeah, for our, our herbal products, uh, if you are going to be working a lot 
uh, say you do work year round. I mean, that's a lot of us want to have a competition schedule and work year round. Just think about uh, you want to reduce your animal stress level, and we all get aches and pains. So one of a, a good herbal supplement I have is Body Sore, and that's like a herbal, um, an herbal formula that helps with just general aches and pains. Or Chi Performance is another formula that I used a lot when I was competing, and it has some of the herbs of Body Sore, so it helps with aches and pains, but it also helps with um, your it tonifies your Chi, so it gives you more energy. And it it helps with stomach ulcers. So where can people find body sore and chi performance? You can find that at drwendying.com. Very good. Well, thank you, Dr. Wing. Or Dr. Ying. Doctor, I, <laughs> I combined the two. That's okay. A lot of people do that. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Wendy, for joining us on this first episode of Horses in the Morning for 2020. We're going to be back tomorrow. Jamie will be here. We'll be doing some really bad ads tomorrow and get that whole thing started for this year. That's 10 years of doing really bad ads. Um, and my we're, favorite. I love really bad ads. I know. I, don't, I think if we quit doing really bad ads, uh, the audience would just leave. They'd be, they'd just quit and not join us anymore. But also we have a whole bunch of other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And we have an app. Just download it at the App Store. Just go to uh, your App Store, iOS or Android and search for Horse Radio Network. And if you want to become an auditor and help support the shows, uh, you just go to horseradionetwork.com and look for the auditor banner on the right side of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you can do that. And it really does directly support people like Wendy because half that money goes to the hosts of the Horse Radio Network owned shows. So they get split uh, among that. So Wendy gets a little little bit of a raise every month because of that. <laughs> so thank yeah. you guys. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so all the hosts appreciate that as well. Plus, it's just fun. We get to know our auditors really well and, and really closely because we spend so much time with them in the auditor Facebook room. So that's cool. And a lot of the people coming on the cruise in 30 days are auditors as well. So that's, that's going to be fun to hang out with them in person. Well, thank you, Dr. Wendy. We appreciate you being here. And uh, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. All right. Thanks. Keep the shiny side up. 